Welcome to Manna for Breakfast, the daily Bible reading devotional which chronologically takes you through the Word of God from Genesis to Revelation in one year. Grab a cup of coffee and your Bible and join us as we journey together through God's Word. Good morning, everyone, and welcome. Nice to have you with us for our Sunday-slash-Monday edition. Those of you guys that follow live, this is for Sunday. On the podcast, we'll be editing this, put it out Monday morning. But this is the morning where we do an abbreviation. Uh, we're just going to jump right into 2 Kings 15 and 16 today, and Galatians 3, if you want to find your place. So let's pray and get into God's Word. Father, thank you for this morning. Thank you for blessing us, giving us this time. God, we earnestly desire to put these things in context and understand the days that we live in and know the beautiful things that you're doing through your work and your grace in the church and through the believers around the world. So thank you, God, and thank you for these wonderful letters that we have before us in Jesus' name. Amen. 2 Kings 15, in the 27th year of Jeroboam, king of Israel, Azariah, son of Amaziah, king of Judah, became king. Now he was 16 years old when he became king. He reigned 52 years in Jerusalem, and his mother's name was Jecoliah of Jerusalem. He did right in the sight of the Lord according to all that his father Amaziah had done. Only the high places were not taken away. The people still sacrificed and burned incense on the high places. The Lord struck the king so that he was a leper to the day of his death and he lived in a separate house while Jotham the king's son was over the household judging the people of the land. Now the rest of the acts of Azariah and all that he did are they not written in the book of the Chronicles of the kings of Judah? And Azariah slept with his fathers, and they buried him with his fathers in the city of David, and Jotham his son became king in his place. Zechariah over Israel now, in the 38th year of Azariah king of Judah, Zechariah the son of Jeroboam became king over Israel in Samaria for six months. He did evil in the sight of the Lord, as his father had done. He did not depart from the sins of Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, which he made Israel sin. Then Shalom, the son of Jabesh, conspired against him and struck him before the people and killed him and reigned in his place. Now the rest of the acts of Zechariah, and behold, are they not written in the book of the Chronicles of the kings of Israel? This is the word of the Lord, which he spoke through Jehu, saying, Your sons to the fourth generation shall sit on the throne of Israel. And so it was. Shalom, son of Jabesh, became king in the 39th year of Uzziah, king of Judah. And he reigned one month in Samaria. Now Menahem, son of Gadi, went up from Tizra and came to Samaria, and struck Shalom, the son of Jabesh, in Samaria, and killed him, and became king in his place. Now the rest of the acts of Shalom, and his conspiracy, which he made, behold, are they not written in the book of the Chronicles of the kings of Israel? Menahem struck Tifsha, and all who were in it, and its borders, from Tizra, because they did not open to him. Therefore he struck it, and ripped up all its women who were with child. Verse 17, in the 39th year of Azariah, king of Judah, 
Menahem, son of God, he became king of Israel and reigned ten years in Samaria. He did evil in the sight of the Lord and did not depart all his days from the sins of Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, which he made Israel sin. Pul, king of Assyria, came against the land, and Menahem gave Pul a thousand talents of silver so that his hand might be with him to strengthen the kingdom under his rule. Menahem exacted the money from Israel, even from all the mighty men of wealth, and each man fifty shekels of silver to pay the king of Assyria. So the king of Assyria returned and did not remain there in the land. Now the rest of the acts of Menahem and all that he did, are they not written in the book of the Chronicles of the kings of Israel? And Menahem slept with his fathers, and Pekahiah, his son, became king in his place. Verse 23. In the fifteenth year of Azariah king of Judah, Pekahiah, son of Menahem, became king of Israel and Samaria and reigned two years. He did evil in the sight of the Lord and did not depart from the sins of Jeroboam, the sons of Nebat, which he made Israel sin. Then Pekah, son of Remaliah, his officer, conspired against him and struck him in Samaria, in the castle of the king's house with Argob and Ariah. And with him were fifty men of the Gileadites, and he killed him and became king in his place. Now the rest of the acts of Pekahiah. And all that he did, behold, are they not written in the book of the Chronicles of the Kings of Israel? 27. In the 52nd year of Azariah, king of Judah, Pekah, son of Remaliah, became king over Israel in Samaria and reigned 20 years. He did evil in the sight of the Lord. He did not depart from the sins of Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, which he made Israel sin. In the days of Pekah, king of Israel, Tiglath-Pleser, king of Assyria, came and captured Ejon and Abel, Beth, Makkah, and Janua, and Kadesh, and Hazor, and Gilead, and Galilee, all the land of Naphtali, and he carried them captive to Assyria. Hoshea, the son of Elah, made a conspiracy against Pekah, the son of Remaliah and struck him and put him to death and became king in his place in the twelfth year of Jotham, the son of Uzziah. Now the rest of the acts of Pekah and all that he did, behold, are they not written in the book of the Chronicles of the Kings of Israel? Verse 32. In the second year of Pekah, the son of Remaliah, king of Israel, Jotham, the son of Uzziah, king of Judah, became king. He was 25 years old when he became king, and he reigned 16 years in Jerusalem. And his mother's name was Jerusha the daughter of Zadok. He did what was right in the sight of the Lord. He did according to all that his father Uzziah had done. Only the high places were not taken away. The people still sacrificed and burned incense on the high places. He built the upper gate of the house of the Lord. Now the rest of the acts of Jotham and all that he did, are they not written in the book of the Chronicles of the kings of Judah? In those days, the Lord began to send Rezin, the king of Aram, and Pekah, the son of Remaliah, against Judah. And Jotham slept with his fathers, and he was buried with his fathers in the city of David, his father, and Ahaz. His son became king in his place. Chapter 16. In the seventeenth year of Pekah, the son of Remaliah, Ahaz, the son of Jotham, king of Judah, became king. Ahaz was twenty years old when he became king, and he reigned sixteen years in Jerusalem. And he did not do what was right in the sight of the Lord his God, as his father David had done. But he walked 
in the way of the kings of Israel and even made his son pass through the fire according to the abominations of the nations whom the Lord had driven out from before the sons of Israel. He sacrificed and burned incense on the high places and on the hills and under every green tree. Then Rezin, king of Aram, and Pekah, son of Remaliah, the king of Israel, came up to Jerusalem to wage war, and they besieged Ahaz, but could not overcome him. At that time, Rezin, king of Aram, recovered Elath and Aram, and cleared the Judeans out of Elath entirely. And the Arameans came to Elath and have lived there to this day. So he has sent messengers to Tiglath-Pleser, king of Assyria, saying, I am your servant and your son. Come up and deliver me from the hand of the king of Aram and from the hand of the king of Israel, who are rising up against me. Ahaz took the silver and the gold that was found in the house of the Lord and in the treasuries of the king's house and sent a present to the king of Assyria. So the king of Assyria listened to him and the king of Assyria went up against Damascus and captured it and carried the people of it away into exile to cure and put resin to death. Verse 10, Now King Ahaz went to Damascus to meet Tiglath-Pleser, king of Assyria, and saw the altar which was at Damascus. And King Ahaz sent Urechah, the priest, the pattern of the altar and its model according to all its workmanship. Then Urechah, the priest, built an altar according to all that King Ahaz had sent from Damascus. Thus Urechah, the priest, made it before the coming of King Ahaz from Damascus. When the king came from Damascus, the king saw the altar. Then the king approached the altar and, and went up to it and burned his burnt offering and his meal offering and poured out his drink offering and sprinkled the blood of his peace offering on the altar. The bronze altar, which was before the Lord, he brought from the front of the house, from between his altar and the house of the Lord, and he put it on the north side of the altar. Then King Ahaz commanded Urechah, the priest, saying, Upon the great altar burn the morning burnt offering and the evening meal offering, and the king's burnt offering and his meal offering, with the burnt offering of all the people of the land and their meal offering and their drink offering, and sprinkle on it all the blood of the burnt offering and all the blood of the sacrifice. But the bronze altar shall be for me to inquire by. So Uriah, the priest, did according to all that King Ahaz commanded. King Ahaz cut off the borders of the stands and removed the labor from them. He also took down the sea from the bronze oxen which were under it and put it on the pavement of stone. He covered way for the Sabbath which they had built in the house and the outer entry of the king he removed from the house of the Lord because of the king of Assyria. Now the rest of the acts of Ahaz which he did are they not written in the book of the chronicles of the kings of Judah? And Ahaz slept with his fathers and he was buried with his fathers in the city of David and his son Hezekiah reigned in his place. So if you're following at all the Wednesday night we do on here in Puerto Vallarta and I put it online we just read 2 Kings 15, 16, and 17 now here in July in 2023 and we really skipped over 15 and 16 all this detail and jumped into 17 because you get all the detail of these various sin, sins and how short a reign these kings had what you find out is <laughs> wasn't a good idea to seek the office of a king in those days in the north because it really meant your lifespan is going to be pretty short some of them live i mean 
fairly long, but um, Amaziah, also known as Uriah, he reigned 52 years in the south, and he was trying to follow the Lord. He did really well at the beginning. These kings of the north, following after their gods, even sacrificing their sons on the altar of these gods, transforming the altar that they had to the altar that, you know, something more like these other pagan worshiping kings had, they were almost sure assured to be killed. <laughs> it, wasn't a, it, was, it wasn't a good time to be a king. A succession of five to six kings in the span of just Uzziah's life in the south. But you see, even in the south, they began to Ahaz. Uh, he starts soliciting the help of Assyria against the north, and this is what causes the deportation of the northern ten tribes to Assyria. It was caused by the king of the south asking for it, which is really bizarre. But he himself goes to Damascus and goes, oh, cool, you got a cool altar. Um, never mind the altar that Solomon built, the glory of God came and filled the temple, and God... <laughs> God blessed everything that was there, and God had blessed their 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 altar. Probably their altar was not as ornate and beautiful like the one in Damascus, because why? It was supposed to be made of uncut stone. It was supposed, supposed to be very plain. God wasn't looking for all the intricate art artwork. He was looking for what was natural, that man would know that he was coming before a holy God. It was not to cut the stone and do a bunch of stuff to it. So... He was looking at the outward appearance again, not the inward. He was looking at what he thought would, would be pleasing in his own eyes to God, which was an abomination. Horrible that he did all these things. But we see this is why both the north and the south go into captivity, because they had totally lost the understanding of what it was to, to worship Yahweh, what he was requiring of them, what he wanted them to do to be in his presence. Uh, much more could be said, but uh, you can go listen to that teaching on Second uh, Kings 15, 16, 17 if you want to. It's on the webpage, calvarypv.com. All right, Galatians 3 now. You foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you before whose eyes Jesus Christ was publicly portrayed as crucified? This is the only thing that I want to find out from you. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law or by hearing with faith. Are you so foolish having begun by the Spirit? Or are you now being perfected by the flesh? Did you suffer so many things in vain, if indeed it was in vain? So then, does he who provides you with the Spirit and works miracles among you do it by the works of the law or by the hearing with faith? Even so Abraham believed God, and it was reckoned to him as righteousness. Therefore, be sure that it is those who are of faith who are sons of Abraham. The scripture, foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith, preached the gospel beforehand to Abraham, saying, All the nations will be blessed in you. So then, those who are of faith are blessed with Abraham, the believer. For as many are as of the works of the law are under a curse. For it is written, Cursed is everyone who does not abide by all things written in the book of the law to perform them. Now that no one is justified by the law before God is evident, for the righteous man shall live by faith. However, the law is not of faith. On the contrary, he who practices them 
shall live by them. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. It is written, Cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. In order that in Christ Jesus the blessing of Abraham might come to the Gentiles so that we would receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Brethren, I speak in terms of human relations, even though it is only a man's covenant. Yet when it has been ratified, no one sets it aside or adds conditions to it. Now, the promises were spoken to Abraham and to his seed. He does not say, and to seeds, as referring to many, but rather to one, and to your seed, that is, Christ. What I am saying is this, the law, which came 430 years later, did not invalidate the covenant previously ratified by God, so as to nullify the promise. For if the inheritance is based on law, it is no longer based on a promise. But God has granted it to Abraham by means of a promise. Why the law then? It was added because of transgressions having been ordained through the angels by the agency of a mediator until the seed would come to whom the promise had been made. Now, a mediator is not for one party only, whereas God is only one. Is the law then contrary to the promises of God? May it never be. For if the law had been given which was able to impart life, then righteousness would indeed have been based on the law. But the scripture has shut up everyone under sin, so that the promise by faith in Jesus Christ might be given to those who believe. But before faith came, we were kept in custody under the law, being shut up to faith, which was later to be revealed. Therefore, the law has become our tutor to lead us to Christ, so that we may be justified by faith. But now that faith has come, we are no longer under a tutor. For you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. And all of you who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourselves with Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free man. There is neither male nor female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's descendants, heirs according to promise. Very theological, Paul. Very concise in what he is explaining it's not always super clear to us but we do get the overlying theme is that he's speaking to the Galatians to these Judaizers that come you got to get circumcised you got to keep the law keep the festivals do all this stuff uh, that what the modern Hebrew roots movement online is doing all over again had people in our church that come and say, hey, we have to worship on Saturday. We got to keep the festivals. We we need to have a more kosher diet. We got to meet on. We got to only read the Torah, the five books of the law. We've, we can only read the Bible in Hebrew. That's the only way to understand it. Blah, blah, etc., etc., etc. They go on and on and on. And Paul is writing this letter to combat that and saying, hey, if the law was efficacious, if it could save we wouldn't need anything else. We wouldn't need grace. Uh, we'd all just be doing the law. There'd be no need for Jesus. He would never would have come. But the law was given as a tutor. It was came because man, it needed to come because man was sinful, out of control. So it came to give the guidelines, the boundaries of how to live before God. And those who would wholeheartedly 
seek after the law in the heart of the law to love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, all thy mind, all thy strength, and then bless their neighbor as actually, you know, do unto your neighbor as you do unto yourself was really originated in the Old Testament and it was then later kind of expanded in the New. There we have the understanding that a person could live righteous by God, but it was only meant as a tutor, Paul says. It was only meant to guide us so we understood we cannot really be righteous by ourselves. Anyone that was righteous in the Old Testament had to have become that by their faith in God. And the obedience under the law was because they loved God with all their heart, the soul, and their mind. So even in the Old Testament, Abraham, he was reckoned a righteous man because of his faith. That's the whole point, before the law was given. Then Moses given the law as guidelines and boundaries, but he too had to believe by faith that God was going to use them to bring the people out of Egypt. The people had to believe by faith that God would guide them, that God would protect them. And when they, even when they went into the promised land, they had to believe by faith that God was going to continue to battle for them and be there with them, and that he was the all-powerful creator God. So it's always been related to faith, but the law was added to help us uh, get give the guidelines on how to live out that faith. So Paul can get in uh, quite heavy with this, and you can go on for hours, but in Christ there's neither Jew nor Greek, slave nor free. We're all one in Christ. And he's basically saying if you've been baptized in Jesus Christ and you're a believer, don't let anybody try and tell you that you have to wear a suit to go to church or you're not saved or you have to go to their church or speak in tongues or get baptized in their church to go to heaven or the Jehovah Witnesses you have to become a Jehovah Witness or you have to become a Mormon or here in Puerto Verde you have to go to the Luz del Mundo or any of that garbage just love God and walk by faith well that's going to do it for this morning and I thank you guys for hanging out with me and being on the podcast. Let me know how it's working out. The sound might be a little different today because I'm having to do this on the fly in the church as we're getting ready for a big VBS. So, Father God, thank you for this morning and for loving us and giving us grace. We, we can't even imagine what it would be like to live before the cross and all of the horrendous things that went on. God, you still, we're living it tumultuous difficult time but we thank you for your grace and we thank you for your love and we fall before you god uh, on our face and 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 just give you all glory and praise we know that we cannot deserve anything we know that we can't do anything to merit our salvation so we just rest on the finished work of the cross and we thank you we have a savior who's done it all god bless us as we go through this week guide us and help us to love others as much as we love you and love them in your love in jesus name Amen. All right. Thank you, guys. We'll catch you live tomorrow if you want to jump in. CalvaryPV.com or Facebook Live, YouTube Live, Twitch, Twitter, um, and uh, Telegram. Okay. See you then. Bye.